Thank you so very much, Elisa and Holly, Sarah, Sam and Zach. We just appreciate very much your ministry to us today. And I have the good privilege of hearing that a second time in the second service. So thank you. And I would just like to take a moment and just thank the Lord for these college students, the light that they are on campus. Um, And so let me just lead us in prayer for a moment. Father, uh, we thank you for our college students that are here this morning. And Lord, thank you for those that have just led us. Uh, We're grateful for the ministry and the witness and the testimony they have uh, on the campus of NMU. Lord, uh, there are so many today who are confused about what is right and wrong, what is true. Uh, what reality is is all about. And we're so thankful for young men and women that know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And they have found that life in Him. And uh, now they are using their gifts and their talents and their presence on the campus to point the way for others. And just help them to know how much we appreciate them how grateful we are for their lives, uh, how in many ways they set an example for the rest of us in following Jesus and living for Him. And so just place your blessing upon each life. Uh, Help them to know the goodness of Christ as He leads them in all of the years to come. So we commit them to your wonderful encouragement and strength joy and leading. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. One of the biggest disappointments we have in the Christian life is the problem of unanswered prayer. Now, when I say unanswered prayer, you know immediately that that really is a misnomer because prayer is always answered. It has rightly been pointed out that God uh, says either yes no, or wait. So that prayer is always answered in one of those three ways. But that still doesn't solve our dilemma. Because sometimes we do not understand why God says no to our prayers. Um, And then we struggle with, why does God say yes to someone else and no to me? Have you ever struggled with that? If you have uh, been frustrated in your life and you've prayed and you haven't gotten the answer you thought you should get and then somebody else gets the very answer that you haven't gotten, that's tough. That is difficult. I'll never forget a lady pouring out her heart to me. She was uh, actually my age. And this is what she said. She said, God has been good to others. When's it going to be my turn? And she was struggling with, why is God saying no to me, but yes to others? Uh, I've shared with you before that early in our marriage, Ellen and I went through infertility treatments. And you can imagine that we prayed for a child during those infertility treatments But God said no. 
But then when we saw him saying yes to others, it made no sense to us. And uh, you just talked to Ellen about how painful that experience was for her. And then when God says, wait, we wonder how long, right? Lord, what's the time frame for our waiting? You know what? If you have ever been frustrated with prayer, you know what it means? It means you're also frustrated with life, doesn't it? Because if you're frustrated with life, you will also be frustrated with prayer. And so what does God do to encourage us? Well, that's where we are in Romans chapter 8 this morning. We've been looking at what the Holy Spirit does for us in Romans 8. And today we come to a very, very encouraging and helpful ministry of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit intercedes for us. And I want you to take your Bibles and turn with me over to Romans chapter 8. If you would like to, you can take the chair Bible in front of you and find the New Testament. It is the sixth book in the New Testament. And I want to read verses 26 and 27. Our opening hymn alluded to some of the thoughts in these two verses. But they are very, very helpful for us when we are struggling in life. Because when we're struggling in life, we're struggling with prayer as well. And notice what the Bible says. Romans 8, 26 and 27. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And then think about this. This is why verse 28 is such that we can know it's true. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to His purpose. Now, in these verses that I've read for you, there are basically two questions that are answered. Why we need help, and then secondly, how help is provided. So let's look at them one at a time. Number one, why we need help with our prayer life. And I want you to notice that the Apostle Paul says, first of all, we are limited. We are limited. He says, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Our human condition here is described as weak. We are creatures who are subject to all the limitations of human nature. Now, theologians uh, mean this when they say that human beings are finite, but God is infinite. God has no creaturely limitations, but we have many, many limitations. Let's just go through a few of them. We're limited in space. We can only be one place at one time, but God is in every place all at once. We're limited in time. We see only today, but God sees the future. 
We're limited in strength. We go, we grow weary and tired of our burdens. Can you imagine this this morning? God has never ever felt tired. And then we're limited in knowledge. We all know we learn something new every single day. But think about this. God has never learned one thing new. You see, God is infinite and we are finite. Now, these human limitations affect our ability to pray then as we should. I want you to think about it. Do you think if we knew the future like God does, we would pray differently? I think so. If we knew how things were going to work out, and when things were going to work out, we would pray very, very differently. Now, because of these limitations, there's another reason we need help, and that is we are lacking insight. He says that. We don't know what to pray for as we ought. Because we're limited in our knowledge, we don't know what to ask for. Now, sometimes we think we know, don't we? Especially when we're hurting, right? Especially when we're hurting. We are very confident when we're hurting that God's will is to remove the cause of pain, right? We have a prayer list with a lot of people on that list. And we are praying for them that God would remove the cause of their pain. And it's not wrong to pray that way. It's right to pray that way. But what does the Bible say? God's ways are not what? Neither are His thoughts what? Our thoughts. So we do not possess the wisdom or the insight to know what is best. God's will generally is hid from us until He takes us through it. Isn't that true? A lot of times we, we don't see God's will uh, unless we look in the rearview mirror. And then we see it. And, and that's very, very hard for us to accept. So because of this, we often ask for things that are foolish or even destructive. I'll never forget uh, our beloved professor, uh, Prof. Hendricks, uh, told us that when he was a young man, uh, there was a mother who wanted him to marry her daughter. And she finally became so frustrated because he wasn't moving in the direction that, that he thought, she thought he ought to go, that she came to him and she said, you know, I just don't see why you can't understand it. She said, I'm going to pray for you. And he said, well... Did you ever thank God for unanswered prayer? But I want you to know, this is not just the problem of an overzealous mother wanting somebody to marry her daughter, but the greatest saints of God has had, had this problem. Well, let me give you a few examples. Job didn't know what to pray for. Look at what he says in Job 7, 20 and 21. If I sin, what do I do to you? 
you watcher of mankind? Why have you made me your mark? Why have I become a burden to you? Now, Job didn't believe that he had sinned to bring his troubles on him, did he? He, he, he didn't believe that his suffering was the cause of his personal sin. So he's saying to the Lord, if I haven't sinned, why are you attacking me? And then notice what he says, verse 21, Why do you not pardon my transgression and take away my iniquity? For now I shall lie in the earth, you will seek me, but I shall not be. What he's saying there is, Lord, if I have for, for sinned, I, I'm willing to confess it. Why don't you show it to me? And then forgive me. And it's very clear, Job does not know how to pray. Think of the Apostle Paul. He was given a thorn in the flesh. And look what he says. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. And you remember what the Lord said to him? You need this irritation, Paul, or you will be conceited. I'm not taking it away. And then think of Elijah in the Old Testament after one of the greatest spiritual victories in all of the Bible. In 1 Kings 19, verse 4, he went out of the wilderness. He fell in exhaustion under a Jupiter tree. He was depressed and discouraged. And he said, it is enough now, O Lord, take my life. For I am no better than my father's. Can you imagine this? Elijah, in total despair, is asking God to end his life. Can anybody say that's a confused man? That is a confused man. Uh, by the way, I have a, uh, a name for these uh, three men. They're part of the I'm Confused Club. Okay? Um, have you ever belonged to this club when it came to understanding your life? Of course you have. If these great saints were confused, no wonder we need help. Now what's the Bible saying here? We're not left alone in our weakness, but we have the Holy Spirit's help. Uh, that little word help, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. It's a very little word, but it's actually made up of several words together. Uh, in the Greek language, it's a very long word, and it's made up of these parts with in the place of, and to take hold of. That's what the word help here means. With, in the place of, and to take hold of. It's someone coming alongside of another person to pick up a heavy load and help lift it. Somebody has uh, said this word, the imagery, is the, is the imagery of carrying a log and having somebody else come alongside and pick up the other end and carry that heavy log with you. This is kind of the imagery right here that the Word conveys. Uh, by the way, how many of you think the guy in the front there would be smiling if he was struggling with that log all by himself? Why is he smiling? He's got a helper, right? That's the point. Now here's the point then for us. The Holy Spirit helps us bear the burdens of life by praying for us. He prays for us. And now, when we see how He prays, 
It is a huge encouragement. Especially when the answer is no or wait. Lord, why are you saying no? Because you said yes to this person. Lord, you seem to be saying wait, how long? How long? And to know that the Holy Spirit is praying and how He's praying is a huge, huge encouragement. And so let's look at the second question that's answered. And that is how the Holy Spirit is praying for us. Okay? Number one, the Spirit prays for us emotionally. Emotionally. Look at verse 26. The Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings that are too deep for words. Now, I think all of us know an intercessor is somebody who pleads somebody else's case. But do you know it's possible to plead somebody else's case in a cold or indifferent manner? Isn't that what we often accuse lawyers of sometimes being? We say about some lawyers, well, they're in it for the money, they don't really care. And so, you know, they plead our case in front of a judge... But a lot of times it's cold and indifferent. All they want is the green stuff. And I want you to notice here, the Holy Spirit's pleadings for you and me are not like that. He pleads with groans that words cannot express. Those are very vivid terms. Groan here means a deep moan uttered Because of pain or grief. That's what the Holy Spirit is doing. A deep moan uttered because of pain or grief. And when it says it's too deep for words, the expression there is it's inexpressible. The groans are unspoken. They are too deep to put into words. Hey, who hasn't been in so much pain in their life that you were so choked up, all you could do is sob. All you could do is sob. If you've ever been in that kind of pain, you know exactly what this means. You're at your bedside. You want to pray to God and express your heart to Him. But you're so broken, the words can't come. And all you can do is sob. Now what does this mean? What does this mean? Well, clearly it doesn't mean the Holy Spirit cannot express His concerns. That's not what is meant at all. But groaning is appropriate to burden bearing. That's the point here. Groaning is appropriate to burden-bearing. What this means is the Holy Spirit feels our pain and He expresses His concern on an emotional level. 
Think about that. Here you are in the deepest pain of your life. You don't know how to pray. All you can do is sob. And the Holy Spirit expresses His prayers as He feels our pain on an emotional level. Augustus Strong was a very deep student of the Bible. He wrote a three-volume systematic theology that is still very useful today. And look what he says. In those deepest moments, speech fails. Yet the Spirit prays. In those hardest moments, in the moments when the pain is so deep, speech fails. The Spirit prays. There is compassion that He is expressing. Um, How many of you this morning, as you look at this image, think this man needs a little bit of help. Right? Uh, suppose you were out in the woods with him and you saw him struggling with this log and you said to him something like this, My, that's a heavy log. Are you sure you should move it? I'll bet it weighs a lot. Hey, have you asked anybody to help? Hey, where are you going with it? What do you think he would do at that point? Probably say, come on over and let me drop the log on you, is what he would say. All right? What does this man need? He needs someone to come grab a hold of the log and to help. You know what he needs to hear? He needs to hear your groaning, doesn't he? Because he knows you're on the other end helping. That's what he needs. Here's what Pastor Jim Boyce says at this point. A real burden bearer groans with you because he is helping you carry the load. Isn't that beautiful? A real burden bearer groans with you because he is helping you carry the load. The Holy Spirit helps bear the burden of our weakness. He's not out there praying for us at a distance, detached. He is in here, right in here, praying for us to God as we go through life's difficulties. He is the companion on the inside of us who understands and feels the pain and moans and groans along with us as He expresses His prayers to God. What an incredible thing this is to think of. I wonder this morning, did you ever ask anybody to pray for you only to learn later they forgot? You ever had that happen? Remember how you felt? Disappointed? They said they would pray for me. They didn't. 
I wonder, do they really care about me at all? The Holy Spirit never forgets to pray for you. Ever. He has never once forgotten to pray for you. And He groans right along with us because He cares so much. I'll never forget uh, hearing Dr. Haddon Robinson say, at the heart of the universe is not only ultimate power, but ultimate love. And we have to know both, don't we? See, I can look at this vast world and I can say, God is a great, powerful God. At the heart of the universe, there must be ultimate power. But then I'm suffering. I'm hurting. And I don't know why. And I wonder... Is there ultimate love at the heart of the universe? And then I come here. And the Spirit of God in compassion is groaning along with me as He prays. And I know there's ultimate love at the heart of the universe for God's children. Notice the second thing. Secondly, not only does the Holy Spirit pray for us emotionally, He prays for us effectively. Verse 27 explains why the Spirit's prayers do not have to be in words. Notice what it says. He who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit. And then he says, as he describes this, the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Now the argument is here from the lesser to the greater. If God searches our hearts, and He knows our inmost thoughts, how many of us would agree with that? God searches our hearts, He knows our inmost thoughts, then how much more does He know the desires of His own Spirit, right? Right? Yes. If God knows our prayers before we actually pray them, then He knows the Spirit's thoughts without the Spirit saying them. That's the point. The Holy Spirit doesn't need to articulate His prayers. They don't need to be in words. Why? Because God the Father knows the thoughts of the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit, He says, is interceding for the saints according to the will of God. So follow what's going on here. The first person of the Trinity and the third person are in perfect harmony. The Holy Spirit's are God's desires... And God the Father's desires are the Holy Spirit's desires. Therefore, the Spirit's prayers are always effective. They always lead us into God's will. Let me say that again. The Spirit's prayers are always effective. They always lead us into God's will will. Uh, There's a wonderful Bible teacher by the name of Thomas Schreiner. 
He is a professor at Southern Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky, and his writings are very helpful. And I want you to notice what he says is the main point here of these verses. Believers should take tremendous encouragement that the will of God is being fulfilled in their lives despite their weakness. God's will is not being frustrated. It is being fulfilled. The Spirit is interceding for us and receiving affirmative answers to His pleas. What a blessing that is. Think about what this means. If the Holy Spirit prays for healing, you will be healed. If the Holy Spirit prays for patience and not healing, God will grant you patience. If the Spirit of God prays for wisdom that you need to make a decision, God will send that wisdom. If the Spirit prays for a door to be open to you in life, God will open that door. And if the Holy Spirit prays for you to find encouragement to endure your trial, God will send you that encouragement. Though we may not know the will of God, and we may even be praying opposite of the will of God, the Holy Spirit knows exactly the will of God. And what He prays for, is what God sends. What an amazing, amazing encouragement. And now we know why Romans 8.28 is true then, don't we? All things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to His purpose. Why? Why do all things work together for good? Because the Holy Spirit is praying perfectly in line with the will of God And God answers His prayers so that His will is accomplished. Let's thank the Lord, shall we? Let's thank Him. Bow with me this morning. If you're here today and the Spirit of God does not indwell you because you're not a Christian, you are really missing out on the greatest that life has to offer. We're going to sing in just a little while that the Lord has left His Spirit until the work on earth is done. And He is this wonderful third person of the Spirit, of the Trinity, who has been sent to apply all the work of the Father and the Son
to our hearts. And I would just appeal to you today, if you've never come to the foot of the cross and cast yourself before the Lord Jesus, calling upon His mercy and His love and His salvation, you need to do that. And if you need help in doing that, we are here to assist you. And then, in a room of this size, with this many people here this morning, there is no question that many of us are suffering. We may be frustrated in some area of our life. And if you're frustrated with some area of your life, you're frustrated with prayer. And now we come here. And we find that God knows what He's doing. He cares about you. And He is answering prayer on your behalf. The prayers of the Holy Spirit. Would you say to Him, Lord, You know my pain. You know my difficulty. You know what I would like. And you know how long it's going to be. And I don't know what your answer will be, when it will come. But I'm grateful. I'm grateful that you are working in my life in this way. And the Holy Spirit is praying for me right now for the best you have to give. And I'm going to follow you, Lord. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to believe that you do want the best for me. And if I will follow you and obey you, as hard as it may be, you will give me your very best. Lord, thank you for encouraging my heart this morning. Father, thank you that these truths that we read on the pages of Scripture that sometimes seem remote from us are not remote at all. The Spirit of God is not distant. He's not far away. He's on the very inside. And He feels. And He prays. And you always answer Him. Oh, how blessed we are. We pray these things now. For Jesus' sake. Amen.